Welcome back to New Goggles, number 11. I hope all of the pieces are starting to fall into place for you now, and you're realizing what the walk with God really is, and what your purpose really is, his purpose for you. Uh, it is mighty. No matter who you are, where you are, what your circumstances are, God is so much bigger than all of that. And he has a plan for you. And it's beautiful. You know, just uh, before hitting record, I, uh, I always pray and today, as soon as I closed my eyes to start praying, I started seeing a vision and I started feeling the Holy Spirit uh, coming upon me in a, in a great way. And I, I just, well, I always give, I give the Holy Spirit permission to speak through me and to do the Father's will. And I believe that this lesson is going to really bless you and really put some things into perspective for us. And I've entitled it Limitless or Limitations, or Limitations or Limitless. <laughs> I haven't quite nailed it down, but this is going to pave the way and start to put all of the pieces together for you, I trust. And then <laughs> next one, uh, even more so. Let me start off with a couple scriptures that are in deep contrast to each other. I'm going to start in the book of Genesis and chapter 3, verse 5. And this is the serpent speaking. For God knows that on that day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. So that is, you know, part of the original lie and that has been a trap for humanity since that day in the garden. We've been searching for knowledge. We've been searching to do things on our own. Essentially, you know, making ourselves gods. But you say to me, oh, good Christian, I would never do that. Well, we all have done it because we all have lived in sin and we've all pursued knowledge from the tree of good and evil. But let me contrast that, uh, uh, quite the opposite contrast because that we started in, the, in Genesis and that was the serpent talking. Now I want to go to Revelation 22, verses 2. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So here we have a contrast once again of the two trees. It's kind of amazing how, you know, many of us, present uh, company included, you know, for many years, just we saw the two trees in the garden and okay, it's a story, I believe it. Um, but how significant are those two trees? And how significant are the roots 
of those trees. You know, God is the creator of all things. And Satan is the imitator of all things. Satan has a counterfeit of everything that God has done. What is the root? And this chapter is really going to be talking more about living and which tree we're eating from. This is the tree of life, which bears fruit every month. It's constantly got, has God's provision. And even the leaves are for your healing and the healing of the nations. But the world tends to feast off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Dear friend, we all have knowledge of good and evil. We all, in walking in this world, have been eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, possibly it's Im impossible <laughs> to avoid. However, we really need to stop eating that fruit and to start to eat the fruit of the tree of life and to walk with God as he walked with Adam in the garden. That was the perfect example of what the Father wants in our lives. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to be your provision. And one of the things that we're going to learn in this particular teaching is how God teaches us, how he talks to us. And this is so powerful when we start to apply it. So little spoiler alert, God gives us problems. And I really want you to remember this because no one seems to like problems. However, when, when you're about to have a paradigm shift, when you're about to go to a, a new level in God, when you're when you get to hear his voice more clearly when you're working more directly in his will when you're bearing fruit because you're doing what he has said the way you get there is problems god gives us problems and problems here's what i want you to remember problems are opportunities for power. God gave us dominion over the earth. He gave us authority over all living things. But how do we get there? By solving problems. He gives us problems and he gives us the answers to those problems. And as we solve those problems, he gives us greater responsibility in him. But he wants to, us to solve it by going to him.
Oh, this is going to be good, folks. So the tree of life is God's source of provision for us. And one of the scariest things that we have in life is really if we do truly fear the Lord, and that's the only fear that is healthy, then we are fearful of walking outside of his provision and eating from the tree of life. But the world has been so upside down, as I say, it's very hard not to go to that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But we're going to work on that today. All right. Let me see here. I've been talking a lot in the last couple sessions how important it was for you to take inventory and to take inventory of God's provision. If we want to make sure we're eating from the right tree, we need to look at what God has provided. Because we know if God has provided it, then it's coming from his provision, right? Kind of like this stuff is common sense in some ways, but we just have walked so blindly. And, you know, when, when I read that uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Surely your eyes will be opened and you will know. But yet, you know, in contrast to that, when you look at amazing grace, I was once blind, but now I see. And what you need to be able to see here today and for the rest of your life, if you actually do the work and practice these things, is you'll be able to see which tree it's coming from. so important in our life. And so taking stock of God's provision is ultimately very, very important to you because God builds relationally. That's how God will build in your life, in his relationship with you. And your relationship with others. As I stated a number of uh, sessions ago, we really cannot experience the fullness of God without each other. Who are you surrounded with? And when you look at who you are surrounded with because you've taken the inventory. I want you to think about it as, as almost an assignment. That person was put into your life because God has an assignment to you. And Sometimes that assignment is to be to disciple that person. Sometimes your assignment is to be a co-laborer in Christ. There are many different ways, but your when we talked about communications. The way we are to communicate with each other is not direct, but it's rather through Jesus and then down to the other person and then respond through Jesus 
down to the other person. And when we carry on our conversations that way, we know that we are working in God's provision. And for us to build relationally, we must understand, and, and of course, you already know this, but it is worth stating that God builds relationally, but he starts with you. You need to work, or we, myself included, uh, we need to work on our relationship with God first and foremost. And it's been said in this way, and I, I suppose it's an accurate description because if we are the bride and Jesus is the bridegroom, he is a gentleman. He does not force us to love him. And he allows us to be in charge of that relationship. The more we press into him, the more he presses into us. And the more we press into him, the better we can relate to the people he has given as provision to us. And the people he has provisioned to us, we are united in a common purpose with them. And the common purpose is to do his will. I saw a picture a number of years ago. There's a word that uh, we all know. It's shalom. And, you know, shalom uh, is commonly referred to as a, uh, meaning peace. However, I, I saw an illustration a number of years ago, and it is always, always reminded me of really what I think the true meaning of that word is. And the actual illustration was a figure, you know, looked like Jesus and he had his foot, his enemy was down on the ground. He had his foot, this person who uh, looked like Jesus, had his foot across the enemy's mouth and he was holding a sword to the enemy's throat. And that was Shalom. Peace through victory. Jesus has given us peace through his victory. Was his victory violent? Yeah, it was. Did Jesus go and take the keys of hell? Yes, he did. Didn't say he asked for them. He took them. So it's peace through strength, peace through victory. God is the most awesome force in the universe. He's the creator of it. In fact, he even lives outside of the universe. He holds the stars in his hand. When we partner to battle with Christ and move in his authority and his power, we will bring about the way we are supposed to live. Just as simple as that. So I talked about problems being 
an opportunity for power. And then I brought up shalom. Victory. Do you want to have victory over those problems? One of the ways we do that is to partner with other people. You are not going to be the greatest at everything, no matter how great you are, and you are great. The Lord has put other people into your life. He has knitted you together for a reason, because some people are better at some things than you are. And when you can find your joint cause in Christ, you can solve these things. And you can be found trustworthy, good and faithful servant. And God will give you more and more. And what will he give you more and more of? <laughs> more problems and more issues to solve. This is our life. And, you know, one of the keys for me, and I wish I could do this every time, folks. I'm, I'm a work in progress, just like you are. But when I get a problem, I really try to get excited about it. Oh, yeah, Lord. Okay, you've given me another opportunity for power. You've given me another opportunity to communicate with you, God, to ask you how to solve this, to ask you whom I'm supposed to be working with on this. Thank you, Lord, for this problem. And just I'm just going to say this to you. When you can say that genuinely and mean it from your heart, it's kind of amazing how quickly the uh, problem Get solved. Thankful in all things. Have you thanked him for your problems recently? One of the things in working with the people that God has knitted you with is we really need to have a trust bond with each other. And look, each one of us are made differently. Uh, you know, outside of the church or our relationship with Christ, the chances are you might not even talk to those people if it wasn't for Christ in them or in you, you, you completely different walks of life. You know, I think of how many people God has put in my life. And listen, if it wasn't for God, there's no way I'd be anywhere near these people. They're just not what I was doing before I was saved. They're, it's just not the, you know, and doesn't need any further explanation. But God has provided these people in my life and he's provided people in your life too. Have you worked on your relationship with Christ just as you would with your husband or your wife, your sister, your brother, your father, your mother? And have you worked on your relationship with those people that God has knit you with? It is really, really important. We need to be sure that the other person will have your back. How often do we listen to an accuser of someone and just listen and just believe it? And by the way, even if the person that is being accused is guilty, are you there to judge? Perhaps. You should be asking, God, what is your will in that person's life? And Lord, what am I to do with this person you've put in my life who's being accused, rightfully or wrongfully? 
Do you have that person's back? Can you be trusted? Is our bond of faith in the Lord strong enough to hold us together? Well, I'm going to tell you, I have been in three churches uh, as a long-term member. And in each of those churches, I saw a church split. Now, the first church I went to, the split happened after I left, but, you know, this is my spiritual family. This is my mother and father, you know, in that church. And uh, the hurt was just tremendous. And then the second church, it was a power struggle. Power struggle in both of the, in, in all three cases. And I saw Christians turn on each other. Congregations divided in half. People believing the accuser, not partnering with the accused. And I'll, I'll tell you, I stopped going to church for about 10 years after the third split that I saw. Because, listen, I, I come from, a, you know, my, my friends that uh, I grew up with and, and spent most of my life with are, you know, kind of bikers, outlaw types, even criminals. And they would never treat each other as bad as the Christians in these churches did. Never, ever. You've experienced it. You've seen it. Why can we not be faithful to each other and just go to God and say, God, what must I do? What is your purpose for that person? Problems are opportunities for power. And we want to solve these problems with each other, but most importantly, through God. One of the greatest demonstrations in the Bible, in my humble opinion, of solving a problem through God is David and Goliath. Now, David had trained with the sling all his life, probably didn't even know why. But he listened to God. He felt it on his heart to train with a sling. But David gets presented with Goliath. Everyone else was scared of him, rightfully so. But David was not. Because it wasn't between David and Goliath. And David knew it. It was his faith in the Lord that the problem would be solved. It was faith and faith only. No man facing a giant would think in his own strength he can do this. That's why all the other ones cowered. But David knew that he was doing it through Christ. Now, did David have to take action? Yeah. Did David have to stand up? Did David have to stand in front of Goliath? Yes, he did. But the battle is the Lord's. You just need to be obedient to the Lord in it. God will provide. If God orders it, he will pay for it. In this way, he paid for it by making that rock hit exactly on the spot it needed to hit. But if God orders something, for instance, in your ministry, 
he'll give you the money to do it. He will provide if God is the one who indeed orders it. So we need, our faith is really always going to be a work in progress. And we start, when we look at David and his faith, it was incredible. <clears throat> we have to also understand that God gives us problems and he gives us ways to solve it. But it's always in God's timing. And, you know, how many biblical examples are there in, you know, how long must I suffer this God? God gives us, he has timing on these things. He put obstacles in our way. And he puts limitations on us. He gives us borders. Uh, here's a, a scripture, uh, just a number of scriptures. I'm not going to read it to you. Write this down uh, and go go read it. It's worthwhile. Uh, James 1, verses 2 through 8. And when I was talking about solving problems through God, um, this that James is going to be excellent for you to do that. But let me give you a couple questions you might want to ask God. You might want to write these down. Just simply ask, Lord, what are you saying to me in this? What must I learn from this problem? That you've put in my way and then ask Lord is this problem because of me is it because of Satan or is it because of you and Lord how do you want me to proceed. So God uses problems like pressure. And, you know, you think of how a diamond is created. It's with great pressure. And then it becomes this one of the most beautiful things in the world. Well, God wants to do the same thing with you. And that's why we must be thankful for our problems. And we must resolve them. Going to God first, perhaps working with others, most likely working with others to resolve it. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. So in the beginning of this, we, you know, we talked about being in the garden and God clearly gave us dominion and he gave us authorities. Uh, you know what? Let me pull up a scripture here. I think I want to read this one. Just give me a second. I'm going to read from uh, Hebrews 11. And it's just a couple verses about faith. Now faith, I'm starting in verse 1. Now faith is certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. 
For by it, the people of old gained approval. By faith, we understand the world has been created by the power, by the word of God, so that what is seen has not made out things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he was attested to righteousness, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith he is dead, he still speaks. (sighs) By faith he still speaks. It's interesting that we talk about Cain and Abel here. Abel going to the tree of life. Cain going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So... When we walk in faith, there is a danger. And the danger is we can say we're doing something in God's name when we're not. We're doing it in our own self. And that's why those two questions were so important. God, is this coming from me? Is it coming from Satan or is it coming from you? And how do you want me to pursue? How do you want me to respond? And then we just really need to be obedient. And When we're obedient, we are restored into the dominion that God has provisioned for us. He's called you to be a ruler. We are called to rule this earth. There's only two sets of people, and I know I'm a broken record with this. There's saved and there's unsaved. We, saved, are called to rule. We must rule through his wisdom and through his instruction. So his wisdom, Lord, how do you want me to respond? Is this you, God? Who have you put in my circumstances that I may approach this? Be a disciplined learner, a disciple, and learn from God as we go through these things. There are a couple other dangers, and You know, God does give us boundaries, and he gives us boundaries for a reason. And there's a couple things that uh, I really want to address, because these are common folks. I talked about the church split. Now, are you called to solve it? Maybe, maybe not. However, Oftentimes, there will be someone in our life that's experiencing some drama, some problems, and we decide to make it our own. You may be called to do that. You're probably not. If 
we get involved in other people's problems that we are not called to get involved in. We're putting ourselves at very much undue risk. We have to be very cautious of this. Now, are you knitted together with that person for a reason? Yes, most likely you are. But it's their problem. It's their opportunity. If you get in and try to solve it for them, are you robbing that person of their spiritual growth? It's dangerous, folks. And in doing so, what tree are you going to? Is it the tree of life? No, not if you're stealing from someone's spiritual growth. That's tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just because you think you have the ability to do something, and maybe that's your specialty. Oh, I, I must be called for this because this is what I do, and I'm there for that person. Did God instruct you to do it? Did the person come and ask you, brother or sister, can you help me with this? And do you let them actually achieve what God has planned for them in that problem or obstacle that God has put in their life? Be very careful of that. Listen, I know that uh, some of you are going to be confused by this, but just know God is limitless, but he puts limitations on us. Just like he's put, you know, you where you live <laughs> and, you know, are you to be globe trotting? Well, maybe, maybe God will provide you a plane to do that. But he's always given us, so you know what, actually, let me just read, read a scripture. I think, no, not yet. One of the boundaries that God has given to us is in our speech. And, you know, the Bible clearly instructs us to pray for our enemies. Remember David and Goliath, the battle was actually for the Lord. David just had to stand up. But even in our speech, we don't want to curse people, for instance. If you curse someone, you're cursing yourself. If you knew how powerful your thoughts were, you'd never have a bad one again. I mean, just keep saying that. So there's limitations. We are not called because if we want to curse someone, we're trying to make ourselves God. We're trying to use God's authority, God's, and, and we're not. We're pulling from the wrong tree, people. But yet, if we pray for our enemies, we pray for them then it's god's power and judgment it's like a heap of burning hot coals or ashes on their head the battle is the lord's so we have to be very careful about this and and actually there's a, a scripture that i think is really instructive and it's a from Jude 9, 
But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil, now if there's someone you think you should be able to curse, it's the devil, right? I'm going to start back from the beginning. But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So when we come up against these problems, these people, whatever it is, whatever that obstacle is that God has put in your life, he's given you limitations on how to respond. And the limitation, for instance, in our prayer, how often, uh, listen, I've done it several times, you know, reading uh, or, you know, praying, you know, Lord, stop that person, stop this, you know, bring judgment upon them. I guess that's okay to say because it's calling from the Lord's power. But the Lord rebuke them, not me. How often do we say, I rebuke you? So when we rebuke someone, and I'm asking the question, I could be wrong here, but where's that coming from? Which tree? I think you probably have the answer. God puts limits on us, but he is obviously limitless in what he does. And we want to build with his provision. Those people, those things that God has put in your life, start building. And you'll know you're working in God's will when it starts bearing fruit. Now, if God gives you the building supplies, you go to God first for a building permit. He gives you the supplies. So, Lord, this is, Lord, this is what I want to do. You've put this idea in my head. Lord, I want to build a ministry. I want to build a church. I want to, whatever it is God has put on your heart. I want to go help the homeless. Okay. I want to feed the hungry. Okay. Go to God for a building permit. Check what provision he has given to you. And then see what fruits come upon it. You know, we have to be really careful about this, and we want to make sure that the provision did come from God. And how will you know if it came from God? Look at the two trees. The two trees answers a lot of questions. You know, by the way, it's it's almost as simple as, you know, what would Jesus do? I love that saying. But when we look at things, can we say, okay, which tree is this coming from? Is that person sent into my life from the wrong tree? Or is that person sent into my life from the tree of life? How will you know it? By its fruit. Is that person poisonous in your life? Is that person bearing fruit in your life? Which tree does it come from? And 
if that person was sent into your life, maybe as a problem, might have been sent from the wrong tree. Can you bear fruit? Maybe you have an assignment there. You'll know by its fruit and God's provision in your life to work on that. Look, the enemy sends people into our camps all the time, creating problems, creating havoc. But Lord, how do you want me to respond? Who have you put around me that can help me in this, in our togetherness in Christ to create fruit? God will always pay for what he orders in your life. Don't be fooled by the imposter. Be thankful when you get problems. But know your limitations on what you're to do. And know that you are to do it through God's limitless power. I hope you enjoyed this uh, version of New Goggles. Look, if you uh, like the teaching, if you want to support, uh, I do put, listen, I'm, I am listener supported. Uh, there's a couple links in the description. Uh, monthly predictable income for me certainly really does help. And uh, and also I have a PayPal if you want to just do a one-time gift or if you just want to go to, you know, the Right On You, our university, and buy one of the courses, uh, there's some coupons and that for discounts for you as well. Uh, all those things do help to support. May God bless each of you richly. And may you move in his purposes and his well will and know which tree you're eating from. God bless you.